Hello and welcome to Faking Wits, a book club podcast in which I sit down with some very good friends and we talk about a book that we have read. My name's Chin C and things are about to get really spooky. Woo! Boo! Boo! Ghosts and stuff. Still relevant, still relevant, yeah. Hi, my name's Josh Baum. I'm looking forward to getting stuck into the H.P. Lovecraft novel book stories, because I also am a fan of um, craft. Got there in the end, yeah. The cheese. Hello, uh, my name's Harren Yeah, sure, the cheese. (laughs) Fuck off! You're ready to like, just assert your social dominance. This don't is ridiculous. Push it. Don't push um, it. Hello, my name's Harren X. Uh, cleanliness is next to godliness, which is why my dictionary failed to sell any copies. Hello, my name's Johnny Gillum, and the only weird tale I've ever experienced is the tale of what? There were no books on the shelf! Oh, yeah. What a twist. Didn't see that coming. Didn't see that coming. Oh, hello. You might remember me from all my books. That's right, everyone. It's me, H.P. Lovecraft, famous horror author and massive racist. And it's great to be here today with a Chinaman, Jew, Injun, and Haggis. (laughs) Yeah. um, Hello. This is... Hello, Jew. (laughs) I'm trying to keep this under wraps because this is... um, a really exciting prospect to be talking to the recently reanimated. Uh, you like that? You like that HP? You're right. Is it right if I call you HP? Uh, as long as I can call you Chinaman. <laughs> no, we, we don't have to go, go down this route. <laughs> Why don't you call him Sejuan? Because you're named after a source. He can also be named after a source. A source. Timely reference there. Oh, thank you. I like that. I like that. I like the Sejuan source of Rick and Morty. Um, but no, I'm. Um, absolute honour to have you here on the show today. I don't know how to address you. I guess I'll call you sir. Is that alright? That would be preferable, yes. Um, Or uh, his holy unholiness. (laughs) (laughs) I think sir is fine, you know. It seems a bit bit cumbersome, that previous one. Sir, um, so happy to have you on the show. Such an honour. And just what a fitting way to bring in this spookiest of months by, than by having you here to talk about your works uh, and your legacy, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Please. Oh, of course, by all means. I mean, like, guys, like we're going to show this man a lot of respect. Uh, and we're also going to bear in mind that he is from a different time, okay? Okay. He was from a different time. I mean, like, I don't know how long you've been walking around and being, been alive, um, no time to really get you up to speed in the past, I guess, 60 years of like progress. So we're not going to shock him with our liberal views, but we're going to get him on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the new Blade Runner? <laughs> um, is that the one with the uh, Ubermensch Ryan Gosling? 
That is the one. Wow. Well, yeah, I'm su- surprised you're familiar with um, Ryan Gosling. Actually. Oh, I love uh, Mr. Gosling. Uh, I've been a big fan of his work since Drive, um, which was actually one of the first films I saw since I was unchained from Nylon Ephitop's Sarcophagus. Whoa, whoa, hold on a second. So you're telling me that the stuff that you wrote about, so Nyla, Fatep, and all those things, oh, they were real? They were real, and they fucking came for me, I have to say. They were like, uh, Cthulhu especially, it was like, Why are you writing about us? You didn't ask our permission. But yes, Cthulhu himself was actually Jewish. He really liked oysters. <laughs> that's a good joke. That's a, that's a good joke. I enjoyed it, and I approved as a Jew. As as elected You're, spokesperson of the I Jewish community, I don't actually need your approval, but thank you. <laughs> I, I'm glad we got the seal of approval from um, a weird way of people <laughs> like yes. expressing. <laughs> you told a joke and someone laughed at it, and you said, "I don't need." <laughs> I don't need your... Okay, I keep that in mind. It's the incipient like madness that um uh, our friend uh, Sir HP um always felt himself under threat from. I mean, not to get too past, we will be talking about certain details of your personal life. I mean, like I don't know if you've been on Wikipedia. It's pretty pretty extensive about like your particular fears and your uh, peccadillos as a human oh, being. Yeah. Um, My little nitpicks. I've, I've distilled your um, your, your four. Uh, uh, Obsessions as um, being the four M's of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. Those four M's being mental illness, modernity, miscegenation, and minorities. I don't know if I've left anything out there. Well, actually, that stems from the biggest M of all, motherfucking. For you see, my own mother and I had a very strange relationship. Uh, she was very much the sparkle in my eye. Um, I very much, very much wanted to get Oedipus on her ass. And one day, uh, the loony bin locked her up. Uh, they're coming to w- take her away, haha. That's a, uh, uh, a song by uh, Napoleon the Fourteenth. I recently listened to that very much expressed what I was going for at the time, and then I went a bit loopy and just blamed it all on the Jews and the. Uh, uh, you're not allowed to say that word anymore, well, but yeah, I mean like well, I, I, brown I mean, brown men. I'm willing. I'm willing to like take into like your account that you are a man out of time, but maybe dial it back. A That's bit. last time. Maybe <laughs> you're not a brown man, are you? <laughs> No, <laughs> I'm not. Okay, what? Are you? Huh? Are you? Yeah, yeah I suppose. Do you, did you know what? Were you listening to what? To what? HP just said. Yeah, but I think. Well, who did he blame it on? Huh? Did he blamed it on the sunshine. Did you? Um, no, I didn't blame it on the moonlight. Oh, oh okay, you've been blaming it, but you only went out during night time. Blame it on the good times. Uh, no, I blamed it on the boogies, which was a racial epithet <laughs> for uh, black people back in my time. Oh my god! Okay, all right, we're gonna get like a lot. We need to dial it back a bit, I feel, um, before we lose what few listeners that we actually have on this show. Obviously, great honor um, to have you on the show, but maybe let's let's keep things civil right? and be aware of the room, which is mostly made up of, as you said, minorities. So I get Benison advert in here, um, but we're here to discuss. At the Mountains of Madness, possibly one of your greatest works. Thank you. Um, uh, and a, a forerunner in modern horror, if you will. Before you came along, uh, sir, people were writing books about vampires and ghosts and all this sort of like cliched 
kind of played out horror tropes. I know, I know. But you were like the first person who in, like introduced this element of scientific rationalism mm. into the world of horror. Um, and that, that was a game changer. That was a game changer. I mean, wh- where, where did you get your inspiration, I guess, for like doing this? Well, at my time, I was saturated in Poe and all those writers who very much immersed in the supernatural world. And mm, I mm. have always been an atheist, a very strong atheist, read Nietzsche, who was mm, getting in Sartre mm. at the time. And I just stirred up the heavens and thought, we're just in one big indifferent universe at forces beyond our control. And I just imagined this big fucking squid thing in the sky that dropped in the ocean <laughs> and just made everyone's life weekends just crap. Um, so, uh, I just thought of a funny name to name my existential crisis, and mm-hmm. I called him, uh, first of all, it was Boogaloo, then it was Big Squid Man with funny face, <laughs> then it was, um, uh, Mr. Jingles, which was the name of my cat, but I didn't want to name him after existential crisis, and eventually I got round to Cthulhu, um, after I was, I had a straw in my mouth, and I was twiddling it round and went, Cthulhu. <laughs> and then I wrote that down, and then that became the basis for um, the book we're going to discuss today, my magnum opus, uh, mm. At the Mountains of Madness. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I mean, I'll be talking about that. I'll, I'm happy to ask any questions. Um, I'll you, try. You'll ask the questions. Um, okay. No, you will ask oh, the questions of me. Well, I need you guys. Yeah, no, that would just be me talking to myself in a room. And uh, no, don't send me to Arkham yet. <laughs> <laughs> Does that exist as well? Um, well, uh, yes. Uh, not okay. the. Right. No, it was named after a, a sex shop I used to go to uh, called Arkham Sex Shop. Uh, we don't need to go into that. Um, uh, anyway, um, so yes, carry on with the fuck. By, by, by all means, by all means. Um, all right, at the mountains of madness, guys. All right, like, I don't know if you've read a lot of Lovecraft up to this point. What was your personal experiences of the world of Lovecraft and the Cthulhu mythos? Freaky man, mm-hmm. it was freaky. Mm-hmm. You're a bit of a freakster. <laughs> yeah, rock on. <laughs> Stop playing with his feet. <laughs> Stop that, stop yeah, that. Yeah, I thought it, I was kind of disturbed by it. I think uh, all, in all of these things. So it wasn't as good as Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> okay. No offence. It's alright. Okay. It, it was about as good as the first Blade Runner. Oh, okay. I'm not sure if that's damning with faint praise or not. But the novelization of the Oh, okay, right, that's Runner. fine, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty, yeah. What, you mean, do Android stream of the No, 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 no. Novelization the novelization of the movie, of the movie right, that was based right. on the book. Right, okay, okay. So Which it, wasn't it's been through good. the wash a couple of times, it right. wasn't that good. No offense. Well, like, no, 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 I'm not able to critique this stuff. Well, actually, they've never been able to adapt my work into a proper medium because true. Um, my work encompasses such a terror that to actually show that on screen, like the Prophet Muhammad, would dilute it of its power. I'm not sure if I comfortable about this like you seem very up on your like a uh, uh, religious sort of like a uh, law right? oh yes i did a lot of reading of religious texts and then just thought what a big load of nonsense and just wrote all kinds of horrible shit i'm, I'm a very hateful man really i i, I shouldn't Ooh, be allowed near yeah. children or any other people really but he's so honest yeah. about it you know i admire him for that he, he should really, i'm surprised he hasn't he turned up on our podcast and not on um sam harris's podcast to talk about his 
issues with like a religion and like yeah and Islam yeah yeah and Islam get on well with him he would he would Sam Harris or even Ham Saris Ham Saris as well Ham Saris as well who is absolutely not the same person (laughs) as Sam Harris totally different person um, I mean, like, what do you, I mean, did you, I mean, you've noticed, you said that it's not as good as Blade Runner. You haven't really said why it's not as good as Blade Runner, though. Because I think you need to explain yourself, because Blade Runner is a completely different thing to everything that we've just been talking about. Yeah, but you can, there's still, like, an objective sense of what's good and what's not. And I think, uh, I feel like art, like, sort of writing is also a craft just as much as it is an art. Seems a bit unfair. It, it, it's a bit like a table. You could make a, you could make a table very well and yes. artfully. Yes. But, and, and it's objectively a good table if it stands up and you can put things on it. But if you put, if your table falls down, then it's, it's a not table. a good table. It's a bad table. It's objectively a bad table. And I think right. that in the realm of tables, your table was less even, than uh, Blade Runner. We've gone through a lot of different (laughs) mechanisms to make your analogy fit. I just want to know on what level you're comparing Blade Runner to the works of uh, uh, HP over here. Because it doesn't seem like a good fit. They seem like very different things. A lot of the themes, but also imagine it's like, imagine Blade Runner's like a burger. Okay, we're getting further away from it again. (laughs) Imagine Blade Runner's like a burger, but it's a bit like a future burger. Yes, it's okay. like you've got a bit of computer okay, I'm trying chip, to imagine that. a computer okay. chip on the side. It's made from metal and chrome and shiny. Um, mm, the sesame seeds of chrome. Okay. But and the rest become... is still a bit like, it's got rust on it. Does it make beeps and boops as you bite into it? Right. And it has a, a green LED. A green LED, <laughs> right, right. And... Instead of lettuce. <laughs> Oh, so okay, all right. I, I just assume you were get, building up to some sort of HP sauce on the burger, and the table analogy was a an analogy of loving craft. I, I just thought you were going somewhere, and it just sort of fizzled. No, no, no. It's all about you. It's all about you. He's talking that? about the Blade Runner future. No, I, I was just expecting a gag that never came. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's fine. That's I don't know. <laughs> we're talking about the Blade Runner future burger here. Which oh, is Blade Runner future burger. Whereas I think that yours is like more got like a Victorian like uh, pipe coming out the side of the burger. Okay, so it's still a burger then? It's a burger, but it's like got a pipe and like the LED. It's a steampunk burger. So it's got like bolts and rivets on it. Steamed ham. Burger. Both, I'm going yeah. to have to quote The Simpsons on yeah, the Zalking yeah, yeah, yeah. podcast. Okay, okay, okay. No, let him finish. <laughs> let him finish. <laughs> let him finish. It's got like a bolt on it. Okay. And I think that an LED is better than a bolt. And if that is, and the table is like there and it's like also I straight. note with some dismay that both these burgers that you've described as interesting in these characters are both seem very inedible. Like completely inedible. Well, they are. They're completely undigestible. So they're bad nonsense. burgers. They're bad burgers. Yeah, I wouldn't eat them. So they're... But it's a metaphor. Okay, I'm trying to get to the, the bottom of this. literary device. Okay, this doesn't work. I think you might have been better sticking with the table analogy than going to burgers. I don't know why you abandoned the table analogy. Uh, um, well, you just obviously don't understand. Fair enough, fair enough. Harren, I mean, like, what? how did you feel then, like, um, about the, the, the works of uh, uh, Sir Lovecraft over there? Uh, Explains... In exclusively in the mechanism no don't don't ignore that ignore that <laughs> don't let him like don't let him box you in with his yeah. like very strange metaphors yes yeah, like, I don't want him to bum me in stop oh, stop it <laughs> stop it you're pushing it very good one very good. <laughs> carry on thanks carry on. Hewlett Packard 
<laughs> ah. Oh no. Zing. <laughs> Zinger. Zinger Sour Burger. I almost said burger. Um, She'll get yours, Injun. I mean, it's a lot though. I find your books really hard to believe. I mean, that's that's the thing that I didn't. Isn't really the uh, that isn't that the magic of fiction? I mean, <laughs> Professor getting funding to go to the Antarctic. That's that's unlikely to happen. Yeah. Isn't Man- that happening? Man- 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 that literally Man- happens Man- all the time. In fact, the only people that are the Antarctic are professors who got funding to go there. They didn't go off their own money. Yeah, literally, they're all scientists at the Antarctic. Nobody goes to the Antarctic and is pretty much doing scientific study. Did I say the burger was also cold? We we enough (laughs) enough. No more burger talk. Okay, let this man finish his point, which is Um, wrong. Yeah, I just yeah, I just found your books extremely hard to believe. (laughs) This is so awkward. You sat right there. Okay, yes, of course. Uh, I mean, sorry, Harren, uh, what is it you do for a living? If I'm you a don't mind pr- professor. A professor. Yeah, of linguistics. Of linguistics. I've never been funded to go to the Antarctic. Well, how come you're so shit with words? <laughs> well, let me, let me lay down some smack on <laughs> you, my brother. Okay, okay, let's keep it civil, guys. Let's keep no, it I'm civil. not getting racy. I'm basically, what I'm saying... <laughs> well, no, racy. <laughs> not racy. Yeah. That's not the word I was looking no, I'm for. Ke- I'm keeping yeah. it scientific. Actually, before I died um, of whatever I died of, um, I was writing a book <clears throat> called Professor Pingu, which touched on themes you were talking about, how uh, the penguins and scientists uh, couldn't distinguish each other from... And uh, they ended up creating some sort of monster hybrid race of penguins and professors that lived in the bottom of the ocean, and they used to ensnare pirates with their singing voice. Uh, at this point, I was going a bit nanners, um which is probably what killed me. You know what? We don't have to go into this. Uh, <laughs> it seemed like it was unfinished. It was like your last unfinished work. Did you ever find a way to resolve that story? Um, no, not really. It sort of just trailed off into gibberish, um, which was actually the name of my next book, Trailed Off Into Gibberish. Uh, I mean, come on, look at these words. Logsahoff, Yogsahoff, Nylon Ufotep. Cthulhu. Tri- I mean, what what was I on about? What the what, what is this? What what the who would write that? Who wasn't a bit a bit you know? Um, oh, he's gone to the funny farm. He has great accent work and also refreshing to see an, an author be so frank about his own work, even if it is in a don't use the M word Cornish accent. No, 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 no. I won't. I won't. Um, I I um we we would. I'd like to take this opportunity also to like to read some of your greatest hits to you it's a it's it's um it is an honor for you to be here and i just want to show you that how much that we do appreciate uh your work as controversial as it has been um this is one of my i, I wanted to read um one of my personal favorite stories of yours um it's a good one. um it is the curious case concerning the late nathaniel bugfucker and his family and i'm just gonna go and read it to you please it was generally acknowledged within the echelons of high society to which they belonged that the Bugfucker family were most peculiar. The long-deceased Augustus Bugfucker had been an entomologist of high regard given to the explorations of the uncharted regions of the Amazonian basin forever in search of esoteric and exotic specimens which he could preserve and display in his private collection. His eccentric and obsessive nature aside, it was accepted that he was an undisputed expert in his field and his only published work a bug's life still stands as an authority in the field of entomology. 
It came as no surprise when Augustus was declared insane and placed within a madhouse where he would die by his own hand. Successive generations of bugfuckers had all seemed to follow down this path of madness, and perhaps it was this which may have explained why the late Nathaniel Bugfucker had immolated himself on the grounds of his family estate, although it did not immediately explain why he had also chosen to burn all his great-great-grandfather's notes and specimen cases. Nathaniel, by all accounts, had been a relatively stable young man with prospects. Granted, he was not the most handsome individual and shared, along with his father and his grandfather, the bugfucker bulbous eyes, along with the spindly arms and legs. He had also inherited the unique speech impediment, which had afflicted all the bugfucker family, with a tendency to twitch and seemingly buzz whenever they became particularly excited about the subject. Also, he had an enormous predilection for all things sweet, sometimes pouring sugar into a glass of water or eating honey straight out of the pot by extending his hideously elongated tongue into the jar. Also, he was really small, <laughs> tiny, almost insect-like, one might say. Look, Augustus fucked a bug, okay? Do you get what I'm trying to say here? He fucked a bug because he was a loony bug fucking deviant, and that bug gave birth to these fucked up bug people, and the knowledge sent Nathaniel crazy. Anyway, don't marry anyone who's not white. I'm. You had me at not marrying someone who's not white. <laughs> I mean, those are your words. You wrote the story. I mean, you, seems you a were, bit like egotistical. You weren't now. with him for the for the whole of the first <laughs> bit. You were with him right at the end. Um, well, the rest of it was just uh, honestly, I was uh, <laughs> the words that he wrote. His sorry, story. His I story. was tugging myself off uh, from below the table. Uh, that very much aroused me. Um, uh, I was actually going to ask Mr. Chinty. Mm -hmm. um, so, what is uh, the origins of the word uh, entomology? <laughs> That's a good question. That's a good question. Mm. Um, I think it's Greek. It's Greek. Ants. Right, like from Lord of the Rings, the end. Yes. No, I thought it came from Oh, ants. don't get me started on Tolkien. My fucking God. <laughs> Ooh, I like elves. I'm going to kiss elves. I fucking hate that guy. Wow. What a, what an absolute cock muncher. Oh I used to give him so many wedgies back in our writing circles. <laughs> I'd be like, so there's this big fucking squid monster that just makes everyone fucking crazy. And he'd be all like... Oh, well, I just read this book, and it's about this magical little elf man who goes on a magical adventure with a dragon. And I'd say, shut the fuck up, Tolkien. <laughs> right in the kisser, that fucking English parts. There we go. I'm not going to use some of the stronger language I've written. It's, oh, I, I, I hate to hear about um, authors not getting along. I'm, I, I'm really sad to hear that you thought he, he was... A terrible person. Um, I'm afraid I actually hate most authors, except for there was this one guy I was reading just before I died. Uh, he wrote this really great book. It was called My Struggle. I can't remember what it translates to uh, Germany, but my days. <laughs> okay, all right. Probably best to leave that one alone. <laughs> um, I want to pick you up on this um, uh, the, the 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 book on um, the story uh, that um, I just uh, read from. Um, now. We see within the storyline some of your favorite kind of like tropes being used again. Um, and one, this one I picked up upon because I, it's one of the, the themes that you return to again and again in your, um, in your works, which is the, uh, notion of, uh, inherited guilt, I guess is the best way to say it. 
I mean, another way to say it is also like um, just kind of bigotry uh, about, you know, having sex with people. I think that whole idea of the bug fucker family, you're basically trying to make a point about how it's wrong to intermingle with other races, I guess. It's a bad thing. You know, most interviews, this would be a very difficult question to answer, and I'd feel like you were putting me on the spot a bit. But I love talking about racism, so you're in for a treat. Okay. All, all right. right. So all right. basically what happened once is um, I was in high school, and it was the prom, and I asked out Susie McIntosh, who I just absolutely loved. And then at the last minute, she said, sorry, H.P. Lovecraft, <laughs> I'm actually going to the prom with F. Scott Fitzgerald. Uh, uh, <laughs> you went to the same place where Scott Fitzgerald most certainly did. Oh, it was a, a, somebody needs. We need the researcher to get the, all the timelines. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. But carry on. Carry the, the, um, she and she was of, um, of of different. Basically, she was um, a lady who was uh, of different cultured heritage. Um, I, sorry, I'm trying to say this without sounding like a racist. Um, <laughs> well, I don't think that's a problem. She was, it's pretty much a secret out. All right, HP. then. She she was a mixed race, and I loved her, and she turned me down for that. Oh. That, ooh, I'm writing The Great Gatsby. His name's Gatsby, and he's really nice and great. Ooh, look at all the nice things he's done. And then I went back to my shack and said, right, so this is big fucking squid thing, and he eats men like Great Gatsby for breakfast. I hope that she goes to hell and bloody has all kinds of crap experiences. I hate anyone who's not me and my mum said to me you tell him HP and I said thanks mum you look really pretty in that dress and then I started writing all kinds of weird stuff but we don't need to go into that <laughs> wow okay well, what's your opinion on H HG Wells oh he's HP all well wait no <laughs> Um, I very much like the uh, the big bug creatures in uh, the what do you call it? Not War of the Worlds. It's it's yeah, War. War of the Worlds. No, no, it's not War of the Worlds. Uh, uh, no, it's yeah, no, it's War of the Worlds. <laughs> I like the bug creatures, but I thought that um, being beaten by like germs was just like a total cop out. And what I would have had happen is all the bugs come to Earth and they just make. Tom Cruise go nanners and Tom Cruise just jumps up on Oprah's sofa and goes, I'm in love with Katie Holmes! <laughs> Tom Cruise having, like, sounding like a rich Texan oil baron for some reason. My name's Tom Cruise and I'm a little Katie Holmes. That's exactly how it went. It was. Remember Jerry Maguire? Like, uh, oh, you. show me the money! Yeehaw! <laughs> Who's coming with me? <laughs> Who's coming with me? I'm a fly this here fighter, Jim! You had me at bug fucking. <laughs> But yeah, good to know that like um uh that H. G. Wells was um not dark enough for you. I guess. Although H. G. Wells had the best thing about H. G. Wells is that he kind of supported eugenics. That was pretty good. Am I right? Um, <laughs> am I right? <laughs> I, I just well, well, I don't think it's necessarily the post for the high five there, <laughs> okay. Aaron. Like put okay. the hand down. I mean, eugenics was a lot like Pokemon Go of my age. You know, it was a bit of a fad. <laughs> We all knew it wasn't going to last, but we all sort of got in the spirit of it. So please don't judge us too harshly. I mean, obviously, in retrospect, with that, uh, that the, you know, the, the the bigger second, the the bigger first world war, that one, uh, we, you know, we realized that maybe it wasn't such a great idea. And as you can probably understand, oh god, I spent all these hours on Pokemon Go, and now it's no longer in fashion. Was very much how we felt about r racial discrimination. So uh, I prefer not to talk about that. 
I noticed you've printed out all the pages of the internet you thought were. <laughs> that's, how, that's how you read the what internet. Name's Neil Packard. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose everything's a nail to a hammer, right? Uh, especially if you're Simon or Garfunkel. Was that a joke about HP um, printing? Yes. Uh, the previous was, one was, was, yeah. Oh, I saw The it. other one was the song um, Flight of the Condors. No, Le Cond- El Condor Pasta. Yeah, El Condor Pasta. Yeah. I'd rather be a sparrow than a snail. I'd rather be a hammer than a nail. Yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah. I'd rather be this than that. That's yeah. classic. Mm-hmm. I mean, somebody out there will get that joke. <laughs> and I'd prefer to be anything <laughs> but a... No, let's not, let's not go down there. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Harren, that's like that's basically the modus operandi of this entire show. Somebody out there will find that funny. Yeah, somebody. Uh, um, yeah. So, um, like, um, let's let's go around. I think I think we're almost uh, ready for another like a bit of like a unfortunate uh, like some some fanboying right now. Johnny, do you you had um oh yeah one of your favourite stories from uh, HP Love? One of your short ones. A little extract I've got here uh, from Fear Thy Neighbour. Do you remember that one? Oh, that was a classic. Go on. The greatest hits, the greatest hits today, guys. <laughs> Exiting the abode necessitated the use of a functioning lock. A spear of toothed steel was to be inserted and subsequently rotated by an order of 180 degrees, whereupon the handle of the door was to be levered in a sharp upwards motion. The building being thus secured, I could be sure that no one could wander in. And what could wander in, I cannot know. Figures with countenance unknown passed through my consciousness in their desire to enter my unfurnished apartment. Conceivably whistling a tune of foreign origin, a gypsy poker that brought to mind the wild campfires and canine howling of that travelling race. My hand felt through my upper breast pocket for the key. Despite previous assurances, it was not there, but a strange residue and queer fluff of unknown origin took its place. Turning to face south-southwest, I approached the kitchen table. It supported several dozen sheets of inexpensive plastic at irregular angles without any perceptible order. The one bearing the title, Papa John's, stood at a south latitude 67 degrees, east longitude 175 degrees. I will not mention the others. Still, there was no key. It was then that I heard it. Over the minatory buzz of the refrigerator, a chanting of heathen ritual from the next door. That... As I recall today, still fills me with puissant foreboding. Lahayam, lahayam, lahayam. It was a very good piece, I thought. <laughs> You're clapping yourself. <laughs> I'm clapping the reading. Okay. And also yourself. He put life here. into it. He did. He did. He did. He did. He did. I, I thought that was um, that's a that's a one of the more moving like um, displays of like you were never afraid to get down into. The squalor of life, uh, the wretched condition, the wretchedness of the human condition is all there. Your characters never seem to ha- lead very happy lives, I've noticed. No, you are right. I mean, a lot of my stories, and tragically, either the protagonists go insane or they end up ordering a Papa John's pizza. Yes, yeah, exactly. Which, I mean, to be honest, that's two days of chronic indigestion and constipation which I would say is a fate far worse than being trapped by an eldritch creature I mean honestly I honestly thought that Papa John's was something that you created I thought it came from your imagination that was like uh, I know I thought like the, the the guy Papa John what's his name was 
something out of a Lovecraft book. Well, when I wrote Yogg-Sahoth, who's just a big amalgamation of tentacles and eyes and all kinds of hideous creatures, I mean, when I saw that big old veggie pizza with all kinds of gobshite, that's, that's not a vegetable. Where did that come from? Who is this Papa John? And what kind of weird experiments is he running? Because I had a slice, and my days, I've been on a very, um, uh, what, what was I had? Oh, I had a nice old, um, what, what do you use for indigestion? Uh, I used, um, Rennie, Rennie, Rennie uh, Omeprazole, and, uh, ooh, there's a, uh, a, a pink, Liquid I've been Gaviscon. ingesting. Gaviscon. Yeah, yeah. Gaviscon is my life. Gaviscon savior. sounds like a character from uh, a, one of your stories. Well, he's not. Okay. <laughs> Which one of your works was... Because um, The Breakfast Club's an adaption of one of your stories, isn't it? Which one is that? Oh, of course, of course. Um, that is actually the poem Nylon Ephita. Um, uh, if you remember the famous line from Nylon Ephita... Um, does Barry Manilow know you raided his wardrobe? Um, spoke Nylon Ephetep on his Egyptian mound. <laughs> to which his humble followers said, What? <laughs> Nylon Ephetep spoke again. Did you know that Barry Manilow raided your wardrobe? <laughs> his reply, his followers once again said, <laughs> What? <laughs> And John Hughes saw that from, read that, and didn't, you don't well, see the poetry on the page. Did <laughs> you read poetry? But he saw he the saw words it. on the page. And said, I'm, I said, see poetry all the time. Basically. And I can do a very good John Hughes impression. Uh, John Hughes said, Ah, this is great. I'm going to turn this into a film called The Breakfast Club. Don't you forget about breakfast. <laughs> It's not how the words go, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I was, I've only been back six months. Get off my case. Okay. All right. All right. Um, what, what, remember when this podcast used to be about books? <laughs> we are talking about but what, what, I don't know. Like, we're so literary right now. <laughs> we literally to a significant book. We, so. how, how much more literary can you get? We, God, we, we brought back famed author and horror innovator H.P. Lovecraft back from the dead. But somehow, it's not good enough for Johnny Gillum, is it? Oh, no. I want to talk about books. We've got fucking H.P. Lovecraft here. Everything we do in his presence is inherently about books. It's about books, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Although, like, have you ever tried writing something that was happy? Um, actually, um, I did write a little poem. I, I wouldn't mind reading, actually. Oh, okay. Well, uh, well, I've been trying to turn a... Wait, hold on a second. This is a new poem. Is this a new yeah, this poem? This is a new poem, yes. <gasps> okay. uh, I've been oh. trying to target the uh, the child market. <laughs> Dr. Bumble's broken from things that can't be spoken. He read too long, he read too loud of of Deep, deep, deep in study. Cthulhu and his buddy. The songs he sings at The king in yellow and you too too. Shouting hoarsely as the mad do. That's how Horden heard the who. Okay, alright. That's a title of a Dr. Seuss book there. Ah, yes, Dr. Seuss. I believe he's the uh, vice chancellor of Arkham Asylum. <laughs> Is he? Uh, what did he sound like? I'm just saying words at this point. <laughs> oh, what? But you that want happens. me to? <laughs> All right, I'll I'll uh, I'll do an impression of uh, Doctor Seuss. Hello, my name's Doctor Seuss. I just write silly little poems. Oh, look at me! I write the Grinch, and it's got Jim Carrey. Oh, fucking hell! <laughs> That's the thing about being a racist. It all just just peters out into dribble. <laughs> 
man of many talents. Guys, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. This is um your forte writing for children. Um, I probably it pains me to say this, uh, sir, but that probably would have been best left in a cupboard somewhere uh, and never shared with the outside world. I'm glad you did it on this show. It was a great exclusive, but maybe stick to stick to your wheelhouse, I think. I don't know how everybody else feels about that uh, poem there. I, I mean, it's, it already. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it's, it's by no means the worst poem you've ever written. I mean, I'm not going to read out the other... It's just know, difficult to rhyme, like, with anything. Yes, this is the problem, like, that you keep trying to shoehorn your arcane references to um, old ancient... Yeah, nothing rhymes. horrors within your children's literature. Oh, I remember trying to rhyme Lord Orange with something who lives <laughs> under the sea. <laughs> one of your best names for one of your uh, nameless horrors, uh, Lord Orange. Uh, yes, one of Who the lives under the sea. <laughs> under the sea. <laughs> <laughs> Under the sea. Oh, did you write that one as well? There is Cthulhu. There is <laughs> Lord Orange. Under the sea. <laughs> I've gone <So>, mad. <laughs> oh no! It's in the the M word. <laughs> so, so, so calm about this. Oh no! I've gone mad. Very, very stoic about your incipient insanity. Um, but look, it's it's fine. You're 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 in a safe place. Uh, uh, HP. You're in a safe place. Um, Did you say safe space? Don't no, get no, me started no. on those social justice warriors. I, I surely all lives matter. <laughs> I kind of. Okay. I do believe no lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. HP love problem. No lives matter. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I want. I want to. Um, I, want, I guess we got to bring ourselves back to uh, the. Uh, at the Mountains of Madness. And I've, I've noticed there has been a recurring theme as we explored um, a wide range of your works today. Um, whether it was um, a story about inherited guilt to a story about uh, a, a ill-fated order to a famous pizza franchise to a ill-advised love poem to um, a child. Um, there is a recurring theme amongst all your works. And that is, as Johnny succinctly pointed out, the utter meaninglessness of it all, mm. of life itself. How does one carry on and even continue to create these staggering works of art with the message that everything means nothing? I think it really boils down to responsibility. If nothing has any meaning, then the only thing that has meaning is what you do. Um, I first came up with this concept when I was eating a fucking giant margarita from Papa John's. Can I, I'd like to pick you up on premise one of yeah, what you just said. Know. If nothing has meaning, yeah. then premise two something has meaning. is what has meaning is what you do. Yes. There's a direct contradiction there. Like, if I were to do it in a logical notation, uh, for any X... <laughs> Must you ruin everything, Johnny Gillum? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Johnny, Johnny's on X is a here. thing. Right. Let's say having... Having it will be M. Yep. Then... Yep, 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 yep. Some logic. Then X Some does logic. not have meaning. How... Premise one. Why have you done this in mathematical notation? Yeah, it's a logical problem. problem. It's a logical problem. problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but then, <laughs> there is such a 
thing such as that equals having meaning. Okay, I'll draw a truth table. Come back. To okay, okay, okay. I mean, like, Harold, you you were also picking up on. I, I yeah, immediately that, saw you and Johnny's yeah. eyes light up like it was Christmas Day because you were yeah. presented with a tautological uh, uh, paradox, almost. Yeah, uh, it's not a tautological paradox. It's just okay, a bad a argument. Okay, fine. <laughs> trying to okay, you caught me there. I was trying to sound smart, but um, I I, I failed miserably. But like. My point still stands that you were very excited to come across this sort of like a nonsensical argument from um, um, from Hewlett Packard over there. Yeah, I think your whole book is is just nonsensical. I'm really sorry about that. Let's talk about the penguins. Professor Penguin. Professor Pingu. Professor Pingu. Oh yes, of course. They were farming these penguins in the Mountains of Madness, weren't they? Um, the elder things. I stayed up all night reading the Mountains of Madness. I want to bring it up. The detail. <laughs> okay. well, no, no. With yeah. good reason. With good reason. Now we are talking actual penguins and not just the chocolate bars. Um, they were farming six-foot penguins in the Antarctic. Really? It's your book. It's your book. Mate. <laughs> It's literally your book, mate. Yeah, but he said that like mysteriously, like, "Oh, you, you, you discovered that, did you?" Well, actually, um, there's an interesting chapter I left. Uh, my publisher told me uh, I should edit it out because it was just a bit silly. Um, but the archaeologists are on the way to find uh, Cthulhu, and uh, one of the penguins uh, goes, which in penguin means. Don't go that way, my chum. There is a giant tentacle monster that will drive you nanners. But you know what? The uh, the archaeologists just look at Pingu and go, Aw, he's so cute. And they carry on walking. And I feel this passage really just demonstrates human uh, fucktastery uh, when it comes to cute little penguins in the face of impending danger. Uh, that's what I said to my publisher. And he said, HP. <laughs> oh, 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 you're right. You're right. You're right. Oh, he's getting sad. Yeah, he yeah. was. He was I like think... trying to rip his face off his like skull. Oh, it's all right. It's all right. HP. Oh, sorry, guys. Maybe you shouldn't. Do you feel sometimes that you shouldn't have been brought back to life? Well, I don't know. I mean, I was enjoying my long slumber. Oh, I was getting. Is that how you describe death? Oh, uh, yeah. Just, just a nap, really. Just a, bit a of really long good night's sleep. Oh, I was getting some proper REM, my friends. <laughs> oh, yeah. You a fan of them as well? Uh, well, I meant rapid eye movement. But, oh, okay. Um, I mean, I did very much like the song "Losing My Religion." <laughs> Am I right? Oh, this guy, this guy, Singer burger. This guy just burger. won't stop zinging God. It's great. It's great. Do you believe there's a man on the moon? Shiny happy people going Because the Shoggoth came from the moon Is that No That's what I gleaned from your book No, no, no That's the spoon you're thinking about The spoon No, Shoggoth goes Is in a different gallery Galaxy 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 sorry guys i don't usually talk this long i'm usually writing it all down as if my energy levels are depleting and i'm just just wobbling that's absolutely fine that's absolutely fine i mean I'm HP, am, I, am, I, am i correct in thinking that the shoggoths were actually created by the elder things which came from the moon so well no because they were in no no shog shoggoths are the creations of yogg's yeah. who is the original creator god uh cthulhu is his grandchild um and this is all real this is all. This real. is real. This isn't. This isn't like all that other stuff. This is actually in the mythos. Mm. I asked about in the mountains of madness. 
It suggested that when the Shoggoths, who were slaves, became free, that their whole society started to fall apart. Just like Blade Runner. Could you ex- could you <laughs> expand? About an LED in the well, I, th- I believe Mr. Gillum is referencing how the um, the uh, the people of color in the uh, after the American Civil War uh, were. were were freed. And I'm not. I'm not by, by referencing at the mountains of madness. Well, I, I I believe that's what you were implying, mm-hmm. quite insidiously, I must say, um, to put me on the spot. Well, I think that I'm glad that they were freed because now we have jazz and blues music, which I'm finding very catchy. Actually, uh, I I very much like um, uh, the the Charleston and the Ragtime and all the other great works from all the lovely um, black. People, is that right? Yeah, no, okay, right, yeah, that's fine. Don't, don't, don't. I'm not a racist. Well, we're, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. At this part in the podcast, anyway. <laughs> you have definitely undergone some sort of like massive like a uh, reformation in your character over the course of this discussion, which I I like to attribute to our uh, shaming, positive influence. Yeah. Can yes. I? Um, I'd like to raise an issue because you're you're out and about now, um, and the the novel is, is dying. So I'd like to uh, resurrect an idea that you once brought up, Jane. If we had H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's Kitchen Nightmares, but nightmares is just like in spooky, like lettering. Yes, they're nightmares. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're nightmares. It could, it would, I mean, like he wouldn't write nightmares though, as in like weird. It'd be H.P. Lovecraft's Kitchen Weirdness. <laughs> it would be like just like oh, it's so look at this weird kitchen. But can there be a weird, weird, weird has undergone uh, like a, a change in meaning since like um you were like like the word gay, unfortunately. Oh, like, I was uh, actually well. I, I, let's not go into that. But referencing Mr. Gillum's point about the decline of the publishing industry has become mm. such a nightmare. It's as if they put H.P. Lovecraft into nonfiction. There's some skin <laughs> on there, brothers. <laughs> He's become Jamaican. <laughs> It's all, uh, sorry, there wasn't much take up for that. Like, but yes, no, you're absolutely right. The publishing industry isn't in trouble right now. I've got the feeling that like those publications that would have printed your stories back in the day, publications like Weird Tales and uh, and Tales of, of Fascination and Strangeness, they would they don't exist anymore. Well, actually, I had to. You have to self publish. I did to. actually. I went to the publishers. I showed them what I've written. They said, "Get out of here." So I had to smash the whole place up until they published it. You smashed the whole place up. Mm. How? What, I, I mean, like, you don't use your imagination, me. Chin. I smashed a chair over the wall, and I said, "You better go! You better go!" You never struck me as a type to like resort to this sort of like violence. I mean, from what I, I, I can take from your biography was that you were a shy, retiring, reclusive man who barely even ventured ventured out of his uh, house except at night. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, all this smashing up did take it out of me. So uh, between. You know, I slept a lot. Yes. Until my eventual complete slumber. Yes, 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 uh, yes. No, I mean, this is pretty much however a major offer has ever been published. I mean, because, you know, the, the publishers just want your um, your John Curies and your uh, uh, Dan Browns and your other, uh, you know, that stuff. And your Winston Chuckle Bowles and Johnny, you know, offers. <laughs> <laughs> Help me out. You want me to name authors who are a bit shit? E.L. James. That's yeah, those guys. <laughs> to name some mediocre authors. <laughs> yes, for this this bit to work to prove your point <laughs> about how 
you know, off, you know, publishers. Dan Brown. Yeah, I, well, I, I actually did say Dan Brown. <laughs> <laughs> yes, again, pioneer. H.P. Lovecraft got there first. But no, no, in order to publish something truly transgressive, you need to smash the whole place up. That's why every author you'll you'll ever see has huge arms. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the one who wrote? In length, though. No, just just enough to like. Who's the one who wrote uh, in the lighthouse? <laughs> oh, really? Virginia, oh, Virginia Woolf. Right yeah. yeah, yeah. No, she had huge fucking arms. <laughs> Dalcine. He he wrote some pretty good. Dalcine. Yeah, he I mean they spent good books. These yeah. authors spend as much time in the gym as they do writing. Actually, just to really <laughs> to flex their writing yeah. yeah. I just want to talk about like the the, the long arms of these authors again. <laughs> How do you type? You have to type like six feet away from the table. Like, oh, well, I mean, I arms. meant in girth, but I mean, like, sure, you oh, can, okay, okay. you've got some long arms in the publishing world. I mean, you should see the networking events. It's like someone gets tapped on the shoulder, you look across, <laughs> and they're at the other side of the room. Oh my god, is that Hemingway? Oh. <laughs> Farewell to long arms. <laughs> How did he shoot? How did he shoot himself with such a long arm? <laughs> no, that's exactly how. No, okay. yeah, like, such long yeah, arm. I tell you, he never. Had, he never actually, the bullet didn't even make it the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you bought him a selfie stick and he returned it because he didn't, he had, need, he had, it. He didn't need it. Yeah. Oh really? No, yeah, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic that he returned it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, <laughs> Do you hope whenever you purchase a gift for someone that they return it? <laughs> That's no, only, mind, only, only Hemingway. <laughs> only Hemingway. <laughs> so it was a spike gift. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, when he first read me The Old Man and the Sea, uh, I said, that's really boring, Hemingway. Uh, why don't you have any undersea monsters uh, that eat the boat? And he said, well, that's not the point. It's about, you know, the struggle of mankind. Uh, so I did a little bit of a read-write, really. And, uh, and then that's the basis of uh, my next book, Cthulhu 2. <laughs> the Old Man Gets Eaten by the Sea God. <laughs> You didn't go for Cthulhu. Oh, shit! <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, like going back to the point of this idea that like you were writing from the point of view of an outsider who did not have any sort of like formal connections to the publishing world as you got started out. You were published um in monthly serialization stuff and before you actually became established as an author of repute. Um, and you think that the publishing industry is dying now. And I, I it seems to me that like you think that self-publishing is probably the the future, in a way. So, I, how do you feel about fanfic, then? Well, it's very interesting you say this, because as you all know, there's a large community of people who love me, and they call themselves uh, little HP Lovecraftians, they do. And they're all just... It's not very imaginative, mm -hmm. but yeah, okay. They all come around my house, go, Mr. Lovecraft! Mr. Lovecraft! You sound like your enemies. I wrote, I wrote, I wrote a book! wrote a book about you uh, it's about the, about, about the Cthulhu and I'm not I go okay alright you get the fuck off my lawn you do <laughs> get the fuck off my lawn got my double barreled shotgun but they go Mr. Lovecraft Mr. Lovecraft and just carry on trailing off someone take over okay yeah <laughs> well I, I was gonna say I was gonna say this could be very awkward but like we've got a little fanboy we've got oh, an HP Lovecraftian we've got a little fanboy who is like he wasn't going to do this because like, he was really embarrassed about it. But I said to him, well, you've got to do it, man. You've got to do it. When does this opportunity present itself to read your own fanfic to your hero? Oh, MG. Come I mean, on. This is going to be awkward. It will be awkward. But come on, Josh. I, I told you. Like, you just got to do it. So, like, Josh, let's give him some, like, some encouragement. Like, Josh, you want to read your fanfic to um, HP? Okay. 
So I wrote this in the style of you. It was in a Turkish forest, and an old man eats his own spit to stay alive, because that's what is the delicious. Christopher Twangsteam was a Jew. <laughs> a ra- there was a rabbit and an octopus. <laughs> and uh, it was called Puthulu. <laughs> Not Cthulhu. <laughs> there was a key and an Egyptian sacrifice. Then the cat came by. <laughs> And it had such long guys. <laughs> <laughs> could you read that? Could you read that last bit again? I, I, I was really good. <laughs> Get just. There was a cat because there was an Egypt. It was in Egyptian, mm. even though it was in a Turkish forest. <laughs> But there was a key. Yes. And it was Egyptian. Yes. And there was a cat with long eyes. Okay. The cat had long eyes. <laughs> In that the eyes kind of like were extrusions of a normal eye. Okay. Like, Drooped out of its face. And then uh, there was an insignia. And then they were on the chains. <laughs> And then they made a burger. The <laughs> <laughs> burger and then they <laughs> You're a mess. <laughs> well, come on, give him a chance. He's trying to read this. He's right a hero. hero. Come on. It's right yeah, there. Exactly. It's I mean, like, everybody... look, 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 if it's any consolation, Josh, like, HP seems to be enjoying it immensely. Yeah. I can't believe I'm here. <laughs> and the burger had an LED in it. <laughs> I mean, HP, like... <laughs> and then, and then, I, then someone went crazy and wanted a pizza. <laughs> and he was a Jew. Was it from Papa John's that they ordered it, or...? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> you like that, HP, don't you? Well, well yeah, okay, come on, like, okay, okay, so, like... I think the story ends there. I'm not sure, but I think the story okay. ends there. I really like some of the ideas in that, but um, I've Turkish just... Turkish forest. I know, I, I had a little... I wrote due to ramen down, but I don't know what it is, and, and I, I didn't want to come across a bit racy. But anyway, what I was going to... I think s- it's unavoidable. What I was going to say, actually, like, I, there's so many great ideas, but have you noticed that you said, and then, 50 times? <laughs> See, in writing, what you're supposed to say is, uh, have therefore, and but, it creates a sense of narrative momentum, but if you keep saying, and then Papa John's, and then a rabbit... <laughs> And then this, uh, it just, you know, I'm just trying to... Okay, let me start again. <laughs> let me start again. Just change and then to okay. therefore or but. Turkish forest, but an old man eating his own spit. Therefore, Christopher Twangstein was a Jew. Right. But a rabbit octopus, I am Cthulhu. Therefore... A key, an Egyptian sacrifice, the cat had long droopy eyes, but insignia, but a hamburger with an LED on it. Um, I'm sorry, Mr. Therefore, uh, order the pizza. I don't think... I don't think you quite understand how sentence <laughs> syntax works, my friend. I dearest... You hated it! Oh, no. no, no, no! I didn't know! I, I, I really liked it! I, I look, I, well, I've written A plus on a big piece of paper. Josh <laughs> Bellman. 
Really? From HP Lovecraft. Oh, there we go. There we go. We loved it. We loved it. Everyone, big smiles from everyone. That's very sweet. I was really nervous because I wasn't sure if you'd like the Turkish forest idea. No, I very much liked. Are they still Ottoman? Yeah. So I'm not really sure what that story's about. Because Egyptian hieroglyphics and the cat had like. Long eyes, like yeah, but um, yeah, I, 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 it's just minor. But he's Jewish, and he went crazy and ate a pizza. <laughs> it's like when a child describes a bad dream. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it came from. Oh, nice. <laughs> My cousin told it to me, and I thought this will work. This is this, guys. This has been incredibly special. Uh, moments in witness. You you're confronted with the the man who you've written this story and tribute to, and he's there. He's like. Looking at you with his steely gaze and just like, you know, what if he hates it? But he didn't! He didn't! What? A plus, Josh Bellman. Slides it How does your marking system work, though? No, don't. <laughs> don't, don't do this. <laughs> um, well, I, a, a means uh, very, very good. Oh, okay. Very good marks for Mr. Josh Bellman. Does it? Uh, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> a means. Arab, <laughs> and I hate those guys. Unless I want to steal their culture from my books. So what does he? So what? So you gave them the grade of Arab plus? Like I did. Have you ever heard of the uh, the history behind the Necronomicon? Yes, I have. The Mad Arab. The, the Mad Arab. Yeah. Mm. He. I mean, because because he's an Arab, it, he just he's got to be off his crocker, you know. I mean, if a white guy goes a bit mad and writes a book, I mean, that's just going to be like, no. <laughs> but if an Arab does it, that's that's some spooky shit. Yes, it's true. It's true. I'm glad we live in the 21st century now and people are a little bit nicer. Don't, aren't you? Aren't we all? Is well, that, that the one thing we, we can take away from this? We expressing ourselves these days in, in a free manner with, uh, as, with a little bit of judgment, but like well-considered judgment. Well, yeah. Taking your ideas on board. Um, well, guys, look. This has been a magical, magical like uh, moment for this podcast. Um, but let's get a consensus and talk about H.P. Lovecraft's legacy and summarize. What do we think he has given to the world? Is it something that you want to preserve forever? Is it something that is probably not aged that well? I mean, we're going to be honest here, H.P., uh, so I hope you can... just. It'll be fine. We won't be unnecessarily cruel, but like we're going to have Frank... Summing up of our opinions on your legacy. Let's go around the room. Let's start with Harren. What did you think? What do you think of the At the Mountain Madness and all his other stories that we've read today? I mean, not including Josh's because it's not his story. Okay, yeah, um, it's not canon. It's not canon. Yeah, okay, yeah. part of it. Another printer, of course. And also, we've we've we've, we've, we've judged it. A plus. Yeah. So good job, good job, Josh. Okay. Yes. Um. Yeah, I think your biggest legacy is not actually your work at all. Actually, I think it's the fact that you've inspired the American psychedelic rock band, H.P. Lovecraft. I thought that was just called Lovecraft. Okay. Yeah, I think H.P. Lovecraft. I've listened to your opinion, <laughs> and I've taken it on board. Would anyone else like to contribute? Um, okay, is that more you have to say? Uh, no, that, that's your only legacy, I think. Okay. Uh, and, and the fact that you've, yeah. Please, continue. <laughs> <laughs> and your, your pasty skin has sort of contributed to the medical community understanding that you need sunlight to get vitamin D. Mm. I think that's your, your influence. 
Thank you very much, <laughs> Heron X. <laughs> Would the Scotsman like to contribute? Well, yeah, I was going to get to him next. Um, but yeah, go on. By all means, Johnny, like, um, let loose. I think the ideas are interesting. It's, it's interesting to have horror that's a literature of ideas. Um, oh, yes, very true, very true. Uh, the, the, it reads like academia. It reads like reading a manual can. Uh, turgid and, uh, and unreadable. Um, okay. And in terms of ideas, which I find fascinating, uh, uh, Brochez Cold's uh, U, HP, an unwitting parodist of Poe. Uh, once you've read that, it kind of ruins all HP Lovecraft because it is just, and then another spooky thing. The one horror story you wrote, <laughs> it just, you use the word horror to describe what's going on. It just goes, and then I saw another thing that filled me with such horror that yeah. the horror, yeah. like, yeah, that's mm. cheating. I have to admit that like you do get out of actually ever having to describe anything by saying it's undescribable. Yes. You do that over and over again in your books. Like, it was a nameless horror and it was undescribable because to describe it would have sent you mad, so I'm just not gonna do it. It's like when I do a first draft, yeah, I'll yeah, just yeah. I'll just put um open open bracket, space, 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 close bracket, yeah. ready to name something. Exactly, brackets um description to come later. I feel right, like yeah. he he wrote nothing nothing but but Therefore, and, <laughs> and, so just, and just in between, mashed his face against the keyboard. Oh my goodness, this is harsh, harsh. Um, tough love. Tough okay, love. guys, you've actually just um, inspired me to do something I've never done before. Um, the you're going to see firsthand the indescribable horror of the Cthulhu Mists. What? No, I don't think. We're I, I think. I think. I'm you're about to see it. You're about to see the indescribable. <laughs> <laughs> For the government, and then you could scare terrorists. Uh, that was so spooky. That was way too spooky. It was like a ghost. It was like a ghost. <laughs> I, I didn't even know that was possible. That was the spookiest thing I've seen in years. <laughs> yeah. It was like. Uh, <laughs> I was like a cat with long eyes. A cat with eyes drooping out. Like drooping long Only eyes. Only like an inch down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like wearing like a sheet over its head. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow, I, I can see why you never you you never describe stuff and or it, drew stuff. It was still like um, had an axe like in his head, but was still like walking around. <laughs> it was, it was, and it was like knock knock, who's there? Boo, boo who? Don't need to cry. About it. <laughs> I don't need to cry about it. But um, oh, oh my goodness, yeah. Uh, okay, so maybe some things were not meant to be understood by man. Um, Josh, what do you think of the legacy of Lovecraft? Well, I'm obviously such a great fan. I'm really relieved that you like my Turkish forest story. What was the name of that story, by the way? The Turkish forest. Yeah, okay, that's good, that's good. But, it, but did you notice how I slipped in the hamburger with an LED in it? It seems like you've been pushing really hard for burgers with LEDs in them all episodes, so it was hard not to notice that. Well, I think it's just because of Blade Runner. I saw Blade Runner recently and I really liked it. And I just wish that we had more LEDs on things. Oh, that's and if it was a hamburger with one, then... Well, great art is often fueled by strange, inexplicable obsessions, Josh. So just keep chasing that dream, I say. And then I went crazy and ordered a pizza. 
Who hasn't? Who hasn't? It's all. It's a good time was had by all. Um, that's your legacy, HP. Um, that's it. Um, I mean, not to get all sort of like this is your life, but like what a life it's been and what a legacy. Do you have any regrets about like um like your literary career and what you've shared with the world? Mm, nah. <laughs> nothing nothing matters at all so it's like we're a, all just stardust at the end of the day oh oh yes that's yeah. Right, yeah that's like you you're like a more depressing Neil deGrasse Tyson aren't you uh, mm. what do you think form. of Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, what as a black man <laughs> as a scientist <laughs> oh um, I think as a scientist he's perfectly great and as a black man he's one of the best <laughs> okay all right Who's the worst? <laughs> no, <laughs> let's not get into this. Um, you don't have to answer that. Oscar Pistorius was one of the worst. He wasn't um, black, though, was he? I just said that. <laughs> Aren't they called the Berbers? No, the Boers. The Boer. Is the Boer War still going on? No, 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 it wasn't. It's not. It's not. It's not going. I heard on. they used the new Maxim Gatling gun. No, you, you've. Suddenly gone from being very up to date with 21st century history to not knowing whether the ball It does seem quite going. inconsistent. Yes, incredibly so, incredibly so. Horrifyingly so. Yes. <laughs> Suddenly. So spooky. Um, guys, um, obviously no work of art is perfect. Uh, and this is the point where I hope you don't mind, HP. We're going to give you some notes on your work. Music. No, 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 no. This doesn't really meld no, well no, with no, HP no, Lovecraft. No. It should be a spookier version. It should be a spookier that version. That has a dog in the background going, <laughs> You know what? That's a good note for the note song. Um, I will add that in for the further Halloween-themed, spooky-themed episodes. And there should be like a, a thunder going, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 I like that, I like that. So... This is not the section of the show that you give me notes on my notes <laughs> theme, though. Um, we're giving notes to HP over there. Um, how he could possibly update his work, his, his amazing work, obviously, to make it more relevant and better, and possibly not so culturally insensitive, I guess. Let's go around the table. Uh, Johnny, how would you have improved the work of HP Lovecraft? Well, it's hard to improve on Lovecraft, but what I would say is, number one, you need a likable protagonist. Ooh, yeah. Not a protagonist that has no thoughts, opinions, or attachments to other human beings, and just kind of says what the narrator says. <laughs> um, so I would suggest, if you were to set it, you know, perhaps get a, a high school girl who encounters evil, uh, but likable, but with flaws, um, and maybe she's good at fighting, and somewhere in the middle of America, and she's got a friend who's a witch... That could work out better, I think. I don't think I could do that, actually, because in my first draft, um, every main, main character is called H.P. Lovecraft. H.P. Lovecraft went to the prom, and H.P. Lovecraft actually got the girl, and she wasn't stolen away by H.F. Scott's Fitzgerald. <laughs> Call back. Yeah, um, and it's then, not so, exactly so, the most smoothest yeah. callback ever. And but. If I, yeah, but if I if I rewrote it as a girl, that'd be so weird. It'd be like, uh, why is this girl so intelligent and handsome and awesome at archaeology you know what I mean you might have to use your imagination to enter the minds of others yeah it's true true. what what, what do you mean what is what what, what would that entail have you ever tried writing a book from the point of view of a woman um 
Uh, well, it's weird you say that because when you say the word woman, it's like I've just been punched in the chest and my mother is screaming at me naked. I don't know. I just feel very weird about that for some reason. Uh, bloody feminists. Whoa, okay. Still a lot to sort of like, it seems like you're still working through a lot of issues. No, no, I'm, no, these are valid points. Valid points. The white heterosexual male is the most oppressed person in the world. Dan often would agree with that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's a point that Dan has made on this show, like, um, several times before. Why are we giving H.P. Lovecraft a platform? He's clearly a fascist. <laughs> yeah, we believe in I was freedom, hoping, freedom of speech. Well, I was hoping... I don't believe actually... in freedom of yeah. speech. <laughs> I believe that the Ubermen should take over. But they've been... They've lost their license to... To work in London now. No, I thought you were up to date with current news. Uh... He can't seem to make up his mind whether he is up to date or not up to date. Are you referencing Uber taxis or fascism? Yeah, the Ubermensch. The are they not the same? Because surely, no, people who drive Ubers are Russian and they fucking kicked Hitler's ass in Second World War. Do you know nine out of ten German soldiers died on the Eastern Front? Because of the winter. Because of Uber drivers. <laughs> you, earlier on, you called it the, the bigger First World War. Hmm. <laughs> No, the, she, the scary, yeah. spookier First World War. I mean, the First World War was like, it's pretty bad. Anyway, we know what people are doing. No, yeah, okay. <laughs> I feel we're getting away from yeah. the improvements that we're going to make to your legacy, and you seem very. I mean, I know that you, it's hard to hear sometimes when somebody like um, is trying to note, give you notes. I mean, this is a unique opportunity for everybody here to actually address them to the author themselves. Um, so you not taking. You're not taking too well to the idea of actually writing from a point of view other than your own. Does anybody else have any sort of notes that they'd like to give to uh, HP that might be more uh, conducive to his working style? Aaron? Um, yeah, I thought you're, I thought it was very contrived in pieces. I think you should try and make it less less contrived. I mean, there was a bit that says, oh, um, is, is it, uh, what's his name? Uh, the main guy. Flanagan. Flanagan. <laughs> <laughs> where Flanagan says to Dyer, I'm going to kick you where the sun don't shine, right? And then you you concocted this whole narrative where they go to the Antarctic during the polar nights where the sun doesn't shine, and then he kicks him. I mean, it's extremely contrived. It was actually the anticipation on the flight over that just killed him. You were right, Aaron. That situation, <laughs> that whole setup and premise... Was incredibly contrived, Harry. Yeah, HP. <laughs> really, yeah. HP. Why are you blaming me? I'm not blaming you, but I am. I'm, I'm blaming the. I'm saying what a contrived. I don't know why you feel so defensive about it, but it was very it contrived. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You didn't make it up. But HP it, made it up. So contrived. So contrived. Exactly. Jesus, how many fucking levels did he have to I mean, through? If you wanted to make premise? it contrived, even more contrived, which is what apparently you do, instead of taking a plane, they should have taken a kind of. Not very technolog technologically advanced boats, and you could have called it HP Love Raft. Again, though, <laughs> like this is like exactly these are the sorts of notes that we need. Like <laughs> that's it. Wait, it should be HP Love Raft by HP Love. Raft. <laughs> <laughs> so he, this is a little subtle Hitchcockian cameo. That's it, guys. That's it. I'm changing my name to Catch Up Joy Hobby. <laughs> So, so, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, how do you feel about these notes that Harry's giving you? He seems like he seems pretty, pretty uh, harsh, um, and also quite interfering. Like this is some micromanagement stuff that was going on here. He's telling you how to name the boats. 
That's something that doesn't really have a bearing on the uh, plot or the style. He just wants you to rename a boat and also not be so contrived. It's, that's pretty well, harsh. Yeah, I mean, even like the Dunwich Horror, right? That's a kind of famous short story, right? Oh, yeah. You put the word horror in the title. That kind of, sort of telegraphs. I don't like to read books. I believe where... this is a point that Johnny made as well. Oh, yeah. Exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah, like yeah. to read books where it's, yeah, well. Telling you how to the feel. The plot's given away, yeah, in the title. Mm. I mean, did you also write? A, didn't you also write Pride and Prejudice? But uh. you got rid of the pride. He kept the pride. Oh, in. Okay. He added the word white. Uh, well, actually, uh, I'm a big fan of Jane Austen. Actually, uh, I recently went to her grave, and uh, I basically, uh, you know, I, I I toasted a bottle of wine to her. Filtered it through my kidneys and pissed all over her grave. <laughs> you English harpy! You don't have any monsters in your books, you wench! Mother! Can I give you a question? What did Jane Austen sound like? What? <laughs> <laughs> see <laughs> That's what Jane Austen sounded like. Mr. Darcy! <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a seagull mixed with Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> I thought you said Jane Ostrich. Seems like a willful misinterpretation of what I said. Tell me um, more about Jane Ostrich. (laughs) You you misheard him, so you must have heard of Jane Ostrich before. Um. mm, Yes. Uh, What does Bronte sound like? Brontosaurus! Hey, I ask questions here, okay? Don't, don't, you're, you're deflecting from the question. Would you like to see my, would you like to see my impression of, uh, Jane Eyre, Arthur Lady? Oh my god. Jane Brontosaurus! <laughs> I think he's losing it, I think he's losing it. He's finally lost it. Send me to Arkham! Stand no. back, he's gonna order a puppet dance! <laughs> Josh, do you have any notes for HP whilst he still has some semblance of his sanity? Um, yeah, or well, I mean, HP, uh, now he's known as Ketchup Joy Hobby. Um, so, uh, Ketchup Joy Hobby, I, 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 li- I like the change. I think the brand needed the change. But I think now that you're here in the 21st century, you should kind of go to some Halloween parties. Because they get pretty spooky. And I think maybe in the next book, you could have like a uh, pumpkin. With a with a face in it, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. that's pretty spooky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like cobwebs and uh, donuts on a string, donuts on a string. Yeah, apple bobbing, apple bobbing, and a skeleton, a skeleton. I always have to have a, a nice big skeleton mm-hmm. with great big long arms. Ooh, I'm gonna go back to my mum's place and wank till I'm okay, there. Okay, focus. focus, focus, focus. He's up. gonna eat his own spit like the old man in the Turkish forest. Well, that's not the only bodily fluid I'm gonna swallow. Don't come. Yeah. <laughs> okay, 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 yeah, he said it. Not even allowing for subtext anymore. I've, I've heard subtext? <laughs> I've heard. This. How is that spooky? <laughs> I've heard that self-abuse does Unless you mean a submarine of skeletons. Okay, right. It's clear Like the one from James and the Giant Peach. Hold on, what the fuck, you know? Do you remember the music in that film that goes... Skeleton. Submarine. 
I'm gonna get it sparkling clean. Guys, we need to focus. We are losing all <laughs> sense of reality, okay? Like, those are the notes. I, want I don't pizza. know how you would accept them. No pizza. No I want pizza. pizza. No, 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 no. Not yet. Not yet. Why is this still going, Chase? <laughs> I'm about to wrap it up before we all lose all sense of sanity. Um, guys, thank you so I, I, I will just say one thing right, right now. I think you were one of the few authors that have been on the show where I wouldn't have changed a thing. Even the racist stuff. Because I, I, I accept that that was a product of your times. And you were just, you, you didn't know any better. In fact, the racism flavors the horror even much more acutely mm. because I know that I'm reading something that's so repellent and horror is meant to be repellent. Uh, racism to me is horrific. And as a it's result, bad. it's, it's, bad. it's terrible. Look, so I'm just going to say it's, it's like, you want a real horror story? Racism. That's the horror story. That's the true horror story here. I, I don't care about like nameless horrors. The true villain in this piece is racism and it's something that can't be destroyed and it can't be reasoned with and it can't be like just buried underground it's there it's real and that's what makes your work so visceral and so horribly relevant and compelling even to this day um so my my, my only note would be keep it up keep it up catch up joy hobby and i'll look forward no, catch up catch up joy hobby cats up cats, cats up, up. Okay. He knows his name. He knows who I'm talking about. He's so good at homage. He knows who I'm talking about because I'm pointing at him and I'm looking at him. You you keep it up. I will you don't stop. Like, like I know that you're gonna get a lot of hatred and and stick and we might get a lot of complaints about this episode. If anybody's still listening. But you keep it up. You keep it up, cats of joy hubby. Uh, Thank you. Chinti. He's at my name. And Mr. Jew, I should have called you Mr. Josh. <laughs> Old and, habits die hard. And Injun, I should have called you Harren X. Do you like to... And Haggis, I should have called you Johnny. Would you like to apologize for any of your previous statements made whilst before you were reformed? Nah, that's it. Okay, all right. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Guys, does anybody have anything they want to plug whilst they're here? Yes, come to Roast Battles at the Bill Murray on October 29th, Ooh. where I'll be battling Leicester Community of the Year award-winning LJ Defunk. Shit. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. That should be a good one, actually. Anybody else have anything they want to plug? I'd like to plug Blade Runner 2049. It's a great fucking it's film. good film. Really good film. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I guess, like, um, I um, would like to say, uh, let, uh, we, we got our email address if you've any of the if you've been affected by any of the issues on this show why don't you write into us at fakingitpodcast at gmail.com uh, like and subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes and all good places where you get podcasts uh, and until the next time it has been an honour Mr. Lovecraft to have you on the show it's been a privilege and maybe we might have you back one of these days um, possibly to see how your progress within the 21st century world has been going um, I'd like that it'll I'd be like a white privilege lot. Yeah. Had to squeeze it in somewhere. Okay. <laughs> Alright. Um but until next time, uh keep supporting your local bookstores and libraries. Until next time, bye everybody. Bye bye. Woo boo! Halloween.
take.